Good evening, Radio Land. You're listening to WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia. We hope you enjoyed those la- that last show and those last few tunes, and you keep it locked as we switch gears from music to today's news segment. I'm your host, Leah Robinson, and with me as always is my co-host, Sarah Hudock-Jeffrey, and you're listening to Cockadoodle News. You're listening to Cockadoodle News on WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia. If you're listening and you have an opinion you'd like to share or you just or a news story you want us to address or you just want to chat, please feel free to call up to the station at 803-576-9872. That's 803-576-WUSC. If you can't reach us on the phone, feel free to reach out online by searching WUSC News on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to get in touch with the station, the number is the same, but the handles are different. So you can find the station on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching WUSC. So thank you guys for joining us today. And as you know, it is Monday, so we're going to dive right into our breaking news. Um, something that has been a topic that we felt it necessary to address because it's some it's a conversation that needs to be had you know, it's something that's seen in our world and it's also something that has been present on our campus lately is mental health. Uh, mental health has been become an extremely relevant topic over the past few years, but it took a lot for people to recognize it as a topic that needs to be talked about. Commonly, generational differences are prevalent when discussing present day issues, and I think the mental health topic is one that can be looked at differently by different age groups, race groups, and even social groups, making it difficult for our country to come to a consensus on how to address the issue. It is my belief that mental health may not be something that um, vastly affected previous generations like the baby boomers in Generation X like it affects millennials and Gen Z. The reason for this, I think, could be attributed to what lifestyle norms were considered back then versus what the norms seem to be now. Back then, almost everyone lived a traditional lifestyle, going to school, graduating, getting married, having kids, and raising their family. These days, so many different lifestyle norms are explored and experienced, And a lot of this is due to the presence of social media. Social media began as an outlet that provided a way to communicate with people around the world, and it was extremely efficient and beneficial in doing that. But the downside to social media is some of the photos and content that people put out there that may be highly edited and exaggerated, and most often it's not a real depiction of their life. But because people who see it and follow them think it is, they feel that they're supposed to live up to this type of standard. No matter what that standard may be, whether it's feeling like you need to be extremely rich, very famous, talented, wear nice clothes, and be exceedingly confident in yourself, you feel less and less valuable to yourself and to the world if you don't, if you know that these standards aren't something that you're capable of living up to. Um, you social media can affect you directly or even indirectly to the point where you don't even realize but almost always it it almost always serves as an influence according to an article that CNN did back in the summer of 2019 
Suicide rates are up 33% since 1999, and there was a significant increase in suicide rates among 15 to 24-year-olds between 2000 and 2017. The Garnett Media Group of USC, consisting of us here at WUSC, those with the Daily Gamecock, so WUSC is the radio station, the Daily Gamecock is our newspaper, and those with SGTV, our TV station, have partnered to continue the conversation about mental health and suicide prevention as we, are, as our student body and community has unfortunately had to deal with three suicides just in this past school year. The Carolina community would like to remember the Gamecock student and member of the SAE fraternity that died in an apparent suicide at Greek Village this past August. Ryan Carr, a third-year engineering student from South Carolina who was a flight commander in JROTC in high school. And Frank Arnold, a fifth-year music student from South Carolina who was a member of Phi Mu Alpha, the Carolina Band, the Wind Ensemble, and Symphony Gwens. These students were remembered fondly by their families, their peers, their faculty and staff that surrounded them, and the rest of the Gamecock community. I got the student information from the Daily Gamecock, and I highly suggest that you guys go and check out their article and any other content posted by the Daily Gamecock and SGTV in regards to continuing the conversation. And we are all posting most of the content surrounding this with the hashtag, hashtag GMG, continuing the conversation. Um, with that being said, a new project has been launched at the UFSC entitled The Resiliency Project. And um, I think that I heard that this was the idea of our president, Bob Caslin, but as far as the flyer that's been released on this, um, Brandon B. Hinton, who is the resident's life coordinator, um, is involved with this. The flyer reads, Dear residents, I am excited to share a new opportunity called the Resiliency Project. The series will allow you to engage in interactive sessions to help increase your ability to bounce back and fall forward in response to life challenges. Students who increase their resiliency skills report better adjustment to college, lower stress levels, and increased ability to balance academic demands and self-care. Should you choose to participate, you will have the opportunity to meet new people, learn ways to cope with life challenges, and get some free gifts along the way. So the series will be facilitated by the student health services and housing teams, and the series will be held four weeks in four different locations. Monday in Sims Classrooms 118 is the first session, um, and it's 7 to 8.30. And... I believe this is like every Monday for four weeks. And then Tuesdays in Green Quad, a building classroom. That'll be 3.30 to 5 o'clock. Wednesdays in Capstone Keystone Room, 6.30 to 8 p.m. And Thursdays in Presidential Preston Residential College um, Classroom. And that's 2 to 3.30. So... If you guys are interested in joining the Resiliency Project, I think that it's great that, um, you know, obviously after having three suicides, the university is like, okay, this is something that we need to address. And I'm just glad that they do this. I hope students take advantage of this. I hope that 
Um, students take advantage of the multiple resources that the university offers revol- in involving suicide prevention. There's a suicide prevention hotline and things like that. And also, I just hope that um, more than anything, no one feels alone. I think that it's just become very clear that this is a struggle that all of us are having, whether it's something that is that we put out there and, you know, you can see in the way we act every day or whether it's something that we do a really good job of hiding it. Um, A lot of people are struggling with this issue. So, Sarah, do you have any closing thoughts on suicide, suicide prevention, what we're doing about it maybe? Yeah, so I think the Resiliency Project is a really, really great idea because I agree. I think a lot of this stems from feeling alone. And I, you know, especially like in any kind of college situation, you're kind of, you know, you're uprooting your entire life. Even if you've, you know, been here for years, it's still just a massive life transition, a massive life change. I mean, I know as a first year student, you know, you live the first 18 years of your life with your parents and have a constant support network. You have your hometown friends. You have people you've known all your life. You have your daily routine and your activities. And then you come to this place where you don't have your parents. You don't have those necessarily. You don't have those hometown connections. And you kind of have to start from scratch. And it is, I feel like, every single person, no matter how many friends they appear to have on social media, no matter how many fun cool events that they appear to be doing everyone does feel alone at some point um, throughout college and then of course you know diseases like depression and other mental illnesses are you know the problem is that it's not like it's not a disease where you can see it on someone it's not like a broken bone where it's obvious a lot of times yeah people can hide it and no one no one in their life even knows that they're struggling so I'm really glad that there are you know, that there are so many resources that the university offers, you know, through the health center and everything. And then now this resiliency project, I think is going to do a great job of, you know, letting people feel that community support and love and, you know, kind of ease the transition, this transitionary time of their lives. So I'm really, really glad this is happening. Yeah. And I really like what you said about how it's something that can be hidden because I think that's how um, maybe this conversation has gone so long without being had, because it's not something that is so visible, visibly seen on the outside. You know, you can say that you have a mental health issue, which most people that do don't even, you know, come out and say that. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that to someone is one thing, and. I just feel like, you know, they may not really understand that versus them saying, someone saying, oh, I have a broken bone and you can see a cast. Mm -hmm. And um, so that whenever I mention how I feel like there's maybe generational differences in the understanding of mental health and things like that, um, I think that we're starting to evolve and starting to learn that just because it's something that you can't see doesn't mean that it's not there. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, like Sarah said, really happy with all of the things that USC is doing for suicide prevention. And hopefully um, things like this really bring us together as a community, which is great. But hopefully we're able to move together and be stronger as a community without, you know, things like this happening. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And then Sarah is going to talk to you guys a little bit about the coronavirus epidemic. Okay, wallet, keys, textbooks. Why do I feel like I'm forgetting something? Oh wait, the pill. I took it, right? Or was that yesterday? Ugh, with all that's going on, I can't remember. 
Why is it going to be so hard to do something so easy? It doesn't. USC Student Health is now offering free and low-cost implants and IUDs. The birth control you get and forget. More information at whoopsproofsc.org. This message was underwritten by Cheesewell. And we're back with Cockadoodle News. Sarah, go ahead and update us on the virus that is being heard around the world. Yes. So I'm sure you have all heard about the coronavirus. You know, this most times I find out about the news through, you know, social media or, you know, online. But this is one of those breaking news stories that you hear about just from person to person contact, just talking with people. I, I feel like everyone has been talking about the coronavirus within the past few weeks. And I'm sure I had a lot of questions about it. So I'm sure all of you have questions about it, too. So according to The New York Times, China announced the outbreak of a mysterious pneumonia like disease in the city of Wuhan on December 31st. Experts are now ca- are not now calling it a coronavirus. Since then, reported on Sunday, the number of infections in China has grown to 17,205 and the death toll is 361. So about 2% of all that have been affected have died. Additionally, there have been 475 recoveries. Health experts are hopeful that the steady rise in recoveries mean that the treatments are effective and that the outbreak isn't as serious as SARS, a respiratory infection that broke out in 2002 and 2003 in China. However, the number of infections continues to climb, which suggests that the outbreak could last for a long time. Many experts on infectious diseases from around the world say that the outbreak is likely to be a pandemic, which is an ongoing epidemic on two or more continents. Quote, it's very, very transmissible, and it almost certainly is going to be a pandemic, said Dr. Anthony S. Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. The virus is said to affect the respiratory system and have pneumonia, flu, or cold-like symptoms like cough and fever. So where did the virus come from? According to two studies published on Monday in the journal Nature, it could have originated from bats. Many scientists, however, believe that another animal served as an intermediary. Another animal, such as a pig, could have been infected and consumed or come into contact with other animals that were consumed. The researchers isolated the virus's genome from two people working at the wet market in Wuhan. According to Business Insider, a wet market puts outdoor stalls very close together. There could be one stall selling live chickens next to one selling live cuts of meat or fresh produce. This combination of people and live and dead animals makes it possible for a virus to jump from animal to human. The SARS virus in 2002 and 2003 originated from bats and was transmitted to humans in a wet market. After studying the virus, the researchers discovered that the coronavirus is a close cousin of the virus that caused SARS. However, it has evolved different mutations before jumping to humans. And like previously stated, it has a slightly larger death toll than the SARS, than the SARS virus, but a lower fatality rate. These humans, or sorry, these findings give useful information about the history of the coronavirus, but also give hope that the treatments and vaccines developed for SARS may work for the new virus as well. So the virus has not been contained to China. There have been 11 reported cases in the U.S., and of these 11 cases, two have been the result of person-to-person contact in the U.S., Dr. Nancy Messonnier, director of the National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases, said, 
We expect to find additional cases in the U.S., and we expect more cases of person-to-person spread among close contacts. In the U.S. on Monday, the first federally mandated quarantine since the era of smallpox was announced. Americans whose flights took off from China after 5 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday and who had spent time recently in the Hubei province, the epicenter of the epidemic, will be subject to quarantine of up to two weeks. Additionally, the the Center of Disease Control and Prevention will be distributing testing kits to public health labs around the country to speed up test results for the virus and prevent new cases. At USC, according to the Daily Gamecock, Deborah Beck, the executive director of Student Health Services, said... While the university recognizes the threat of the virus and is prepared, an outbreak on campus is, quote, extremely unlikely. Beck also said, the university has had a public health plan in place for many years. We've reviewed it and updated actions. Most important part is to ensure our students are safe. We are screening for potential travel to and from China. The school is currently preventing students and faculty from traveling to China. But Beck wants to ensure that the school provides a, quote, culture of caring towards enrolled students from China. The cure for the virus, as well as the severity and level of threat, is still being investigated. But make sure to stay informed as news organizations like The New York Times, Washington Post, and CBS News are giving constant live updates. So, Leah, what do you think about the coronavirus and everything that's been happening? I think that it's definitely very crazy. So for one, um, I I always tell you that I'm like kind of slow in hearing news. This is one of the things that I didn't really hear about until it was literally everywhere. Um, And I think what's kind of sad is I feel like I didn't really hear about it until there were threats of it being in the U.S. Um, But I just, you know, think it's crazy. Obviously, it reminds me of the swine flu outbreak. Um, I was in elementary school maybe whenever that happened and I'm pretty sure I had friends that had the swine flu I think that I had even gotten really sick and to the point where I had the fever that they were saying once you reach that then you know you might have it but I eventually got better before I ended up having to go to the doctor so it's definitely scary something like that um, is definitely a threat and it definitely uh, makes me also just kind of think about What's interesting is the wet markets. I don't know. I feel like, you know, sometimes you would hear stories like how they have the poultry and the produce and things like that. You would think, okay, well, you know, some third world countries, that's how they operate. Like, that's really just the the most that they can do. China isn't really in that category. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of interesting. And, you know, it's just interesting to see China of all places, some place that's so advanced in so many areas be affected by something like this um not to try to undermine china or anything i definitely think that they have all the technology and you know they're doing what they need to do to be one of the top countries in the world but Mm -hmm. you know it's something to consider that even people at the top can be affected by things like this naturally occurring things yeah exactly and the thing that's interesting to me as well is how the wet markets were found to be the cause of the SARS virus in 2002 and 2003. So my, my confusion lies in, like, why were why were there no regulations put right. in place after that discovery was made? You know, like, after they realized, like, oh, this environment created this virus that killed over 300 people. Maybe, you know, we should try and fix that for next time. Like, the fact that there was no kind of, you know, re 
like, you know, some combating that or changing the regulations around that kind of confuses me. And also what you were saying about how China is, you know, one of the biggest economies right now in the world. It's actually like it's ranked num- the number two economy in the world right now. It's actually taken an economic plunge as well. Stock markets in China have drastically fallen. Oil prices worldwide are going down because of the expected decrease in demand. Like this, this ep- like possible pandemic is not only you know affecting people and is is a public health crisis, but it's also an economic crisis for China. Absolutely, you know chi- the Chinese government is now pumping like hundreds of thousands of dollars into the economy, trying to you know provide enough food for people and provide you know enough things that every everyone needs because you know it is a it is a communist country however right now uh the amount of migrations from china are increasing drastically like so many people are fleeing china so it's going to be you know i mean we're already seeing you know a you know an economic crisis for china possibly beginning to start and you know oil prices are going down it's just like it's actually insane to me just how you know the domino effect of this public health crisis also translating into you know people's lives and even just having enough food on the table you know for the country it's just it's it's absolutely insane how much it affects um and then as far as as far as the united states goes you know um i i agree with you i didn't hear about it until it was a possible threat to the U.S., which kind of reminds me of the Ebola virus. You know, I feel like it wasn't really big news. Like I didn't hear about it until it was like, oh, this this could affect you. This could come to the U.S. Um, so it's interesting. I feel like that we didn't hear about it mm-hmm. until um, until it became, you know, a U.S. threat. But, you know, according to every from the research I've done and uh, research that The New York Times has done, um, experts are saying that, you know, it has a relatively low fatality rate, you know, it's 2% thus far. So that bodes, you know, relatively good news. The The problem is that although the rel- the fatality rate is low, the transmission, um, the ability of transmission is very, very high. Like it's very, um, I don't know if I touched on this whenever I was talking, but it's uh, like some experts are thinking that it's transmitted the same way that like influenza is spread through particles in the air, through coughing, that things like that. So that, you know, is a little bit scary because, you know, if, if it's able to be transmitted very easily, it could spread to lots and lots of people. So, you know, I think it's good to kind of be knowledgeable about the information and be aware of the threat that it's causing and constantly be, you know, updating yourself and educating yourself. But also, you know, don't, you know, as as Deborah Beck has said, you know, the threat of the virus and, uh, you know, the outbreak on campus is extremely unlikely. So, you know, don't be losing sleep over it or anything right now as a USC student. But it's important to be aware of what's going on around the world and, you know, just be aware of the what the people in China are going through right now as well. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, I was going to say, I think the scariest thing is just kind of maybe, and maybe I don't even know the rate that it's traveling, but I feel like it's just very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is even scarier than the 2%. But yeah, luckily we don't have to worry about it. The things that we have to worry about are like my mom was going to China. She was actually really, she was very, very excited. I think that there was, um, some huge conference that she was doing there. And this was something that she had planned and told me about like 
last year. Yeah. Oh, no. And so she called me the other day and she said I had to cancel my trip because of this. And that was kind of when I was really like, okay, this is something serious. Um, Which, you know, I feel like that in itself makes it very important that, like, we are receiving the news that involves other countries because just you know something as simple as that I could be planning a trip to somewhere and not know about what's going on there and then I'm you know right in the middle of that so Mm -hmm. um Sarah Sarah and I have been talking about doing more series news stories like covering longer stories over a period of weeks Mm -hmm. and I think one thing that might be interesting to cover is international news oh Um, yeah just looking into things like that just with all of the things that has been happening lately, Australia on fire and um, the coronavirus in China, there was another thing. Was there another fire in another country mm-hmm. or something? Yeah. Um, there's just, I, I think, the Amazon. Yes. Yeah. The Amazon. Yeah. There's just been so much recently that has been happening around the world that I feel like we need to kind of be more involved in yeah and like and talk about it from a student's perspective as well you know because I know it's it can be kind of frustrating whenever you're listening to the news and you kind of it kind of sounds like they're speaking in another language because Mm -hmm. they're using all this complicated terminology and you know I'm I'm we're both college students we're both we both understand things at a college student level so I feel like yeah I feel like it's good yeah it's good to kind of be a conduit you know Mm -hmm. for all this because you know I I you know it's good for for us as well to stay informed too absolutely you know I I had heard about the coronavirus and hearing things from word of mouth is great and that's how communication works it's awesome but you know a lot of times misinformation can spread that way and you know I mean all I really knew about it was from you know memes on Instagram and from Mm -hmm. what people were talking about so you know I think no matter what the news story is you know do your own research make your own opinions um you know, and I think especially with things like this, like with with crises that are possibly international, you know, it's important, I think, not to get too, too worried or freaked out about it um, because, you know, it's always just important to kind of keep the facts straight. And, yeah, you know, as Deborah Beck said, you know, it, we really do need to be kind of cultivating a culture of caring and, you know, because some um, like, for, for example, the Filipino president has actually issued a statement saying, you know, to not discriminate against Chinese people um, who are coming into the country or, you know, just Chinese people who are already in the country in general. Um, Apparently some discrimination was happening. And, you know, I think it's important, you know, uh, not to just, you know, let the fear of being infected or the fear of the pandemic kind of rule your morals and rule the way you treat people, you know, especially, you know, Chinese students that are enrolled in the school, you know, they don't, deserve to be treated any differently. They had no part in this. Like, right. There's not, no reason for that. So just make sure that you're staying empathetic and understanding and compassionate towards people. I know this is a scary time, but currently we're not under an extreme threat, according to you know, re- experts and research. So, you know, just kind of keep a level head and keep, keep the facts prioritized, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. It's very good to stay informed. Mm-hmm. It's our job to stay informed and mm-hmm. inform you guys. And hopefully we can continue to do that on a local level, a national level, and an international level. And we can, you know, inform you guys, which Sarah just did very nicely, on just, like, how to handle things, what we can do. I know that there are a lot of things that may happen 
across the country and we're like well what can we do to help that and you know so hopefully we can be the people that can help give you those answers and just help guide you in the right way never Mm -hmm. lead you astray with bad news Mm -hmm. um any more closing comments on the coronavirus and just stay compassionate and informed that's pretty much it yeah Uh, i definitely think that that is something that we'll have updates on in the future Mm -hmm. um we also, never... shout out to Daily Gamecock for a lot yes. of this information and the, that original journalism. You know, I'm so glad that we're collaborating with them and we're working with them. We're definitely going to continue doing that in the future. So we're both really excited about that. Yes, the Daily Gamecock and SGTV have been just wonderful organizations in themselves and also to work with. And, you know, along with cross-referencing all of our stories you can look you can hear our podcast you can look at the daily gamecock you can watch sgtv um make sure you stay tuned for continuing the conversation i feel as the resiliency project starts up that's something that we will be continuing the conversation on um i think we might cover some of the you know go to some of those meetings and see what that kind of entails um So, yeah, just definitely be looking forward to that. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening to our show today. As always, tune in every Monday, 5.30 to 6. This is kind of more of a student announcement. But if you guys have been listening, you know that um, we have been in the process, you know, obviously a new semester. January came. We had some of our news members not able to continue with us this semester, and we have been in the process of finding new news members as well as new DJs. Um, So be looking forward to some new shows. But um, we are starting to roll into our finalizations of our news team. And if anyone has been desperately missing out on our sports segment, you can expect that back in just a few weeks. Um, We should have our team finalized after the week of February the 23rd. So we should have our first sports show um that wednesday 5 30 to 6 and also as always don't forget to tune in to friday show 6 to 6 30 and that is just to give you updates in local news world news sports and entertainment so i'm your host leah robinson and with me as always is my incredible co-host sarah hudak jeffrey and i hope you guys have a great evening thanks for listening